0: Hello, editing Chris over here. We call this episode episode 23 when it's actually episode 22, so please ignore that. Enjoy the episode!
1: Hi guys! Welcome to Hidden Among Us episode 23. Woo-hoo. Oh my god, it's been 23 episodes already. How did you guys like our Halloween special? We <laughs> <There'll be> discussed <laughs> critical, feminist, female.
0: I love it. Like, Shen is doing her hardest to like sound. Like, it's been a week since we recorded. But like, in reality, we are, we're recording our Halloween special and this episode okay. on the
1: same day. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Embarrassing, Shen. <laughs>
0: Show me another oh bus. No, no, no. Shan, did really well. Shan is Shan is keeping up the rules. <laughs> we're going to try to keep our energy up because oh my gosh, record recording two episodes back to back is not easy. Anyway, how has everyone's week been?
1: Oh my god, it's been so tiring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been week after week after week. we are
0: like nearing the end of the semester, so it's like. All the final deadlines, which is why we're pre recording today's episode because we wouldn't be able to record it next week. So, um, not next week, wouldn't we wouldn't be able to record on the week this is supposed to go up. So, we're mm-hmm. pre recording it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if that makes sense. Anyway, ignore it, ignore it. Yeah, so, um, anything exciting? Has happened um, Other than school Because like That's not exciting at all
1: Well I think it's interesting that In the news in Singapore We are slowly Starting to ease into phase 3
0: Mm-hmm Ooh yes We are They're like um, When is it Planned to be no, End of no, the no. year right No date No date No date Oh they didn't They didn't have a projected time frame
1: No. no. Thank God they don't. Because I really see people being complacent about it. Like, today, like, in the, the whole Utah is celebrating Halloween and it's as if COVID didn't exist.
0: Oh my God.
1: I don't understand how... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just someone who really likes to keep by the rules and play <laughs> by the rules. So, like, seeing Instagram stories and, like, seeing people, like, dress up and then going in more than groups of five, it's just like, whoa. You just had one job and to stick by the law. So, whatever.
0: Yeah, you could also have, like, video call, Halloween party. Yeah, I don't like, understand
1: why you have to physically... Okay, I get that. Yeah, that's- it's more fun. But okay, when we have food second wave, then we'll get this make
0: Yeah, but it's like... This is a great opportunity to innovate. You know what
1: I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, don't
0: just skip that. No, but,
1: like, people have been super complacent and that shocks me. Because, like... Do people forget that we're in the middle of a pandemic still? Is it just I me? feel like it's very easy to forget though.
0: Right, I know but... As things start to become more normal, it's easier to sort of dissociate from the reality that there is a pandemic.
1: Yeah. What are your beliefs on meandering the ru- the rules though? Because a lot of people meander the rules, they just tread finally between the lines. Like, are you guys, like, okay with it? Or are you guys not okay with it? I just want to get some thoughts. I think it's a no-go for me, dude.
0: Like, the rules aren't just to protect yourself. It's to protect the people around you. And I think it's incredibly selfish of people to want to put their own self-interests first instead of caring about, like, the community. Like, if you think about it, right, there are so many, like, elderly people and children out and about. And, like, Why do you want to put them at risk? Mm. So, like, you shouldn't even be trying to find loopholes or, like, to meander around the rules or whatever. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah, I
0: don't
1: know. It's... I understand your frustration, though. Yeah, I just... My biggest fear is just really having to go into lockdown again because of second and third waves. Mm -hmm. And I am constantly reminded of that because of my sister. But like, irregardless, I feel like we all have like our equal parts to play as citizens because this is a global pandemic. And like, I really just don't want to be caught in lockdown again because that was like a... It's never a good experience being locked up in your house, I guess, Mm. for a long period of time. And then you cannot... It's it's not even like you... you, It's not even like my job is something that I can do remotely. I actually have to go down to work. So, like, it, it will affect my income, affect my mental health. I just don't want to go through that whole thing again. But then, yeah, I think it may be just me normatively... Being normatively critical of, like, people who break the... Or meander the rules. Yeah, and you still see Yeah, like, I think the worst is when I went to... um. The CBD area and those mm-hmm. bars, my god, it's like COVID doesn't exist. It really is like, yeah. Um,
0: bars have been breaking the rules from the beginning. Like they weren't. They, you're not supposed to even reopen bars, but they don't give a shit and they just open
2: it. Because it's counted play. as a restaurant. No, but they can, they can until a certain time only. Yeah,
1: I think. I think ten pm, like, oh. then they have to close everything. Yeah. But it's, like...
0: like You see pictures and, like, it's
2: overcrowded. I mean, it's... The restaurant people can't control, like, their, Mm. their, like, patrons. Like, I think the Holland one, they told the patrons to, like, stop gathering. But, like, they didn't listen. Yeah. Yeah, See, once again, it it goes back to individual responsibility. Then in the end, both of... Then both of them got the punishment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a very tough line to straddle because it's like, in the first place, you just make sure your restaurant is not overcrowded, right? And like, for individuals, in the first place, just drink at home. <laughs> but I get yeah, it. People like, want some normalcy in their lives and some escape. I disease. mean, yeah.
2: pandemic burnout is an actual thing that people are yeah,
0: facing. Yeah, for sure. There's so many different types of burnouts now. But you know, like, I was just thinking back to the beginning of the year because like, <laughs> I was looking through my... Um, Instagram stories, archives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I was looking through my Twitter bookmarks and like, I went down all the way to my bookmarks that I took at the end of 2019 and a lot of it was like, manifesting good vibes into like 2020. Oh my god. I was like, oh no. (laughs)
2: 2020 is going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of
1: it was like,
0: 2020 is going to be a good year. I'm going to like, grab 2020 by the balls, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to do all these things. And then I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 2019, Chris, like, couldn't even imagine, couldn't even fathom something like this happening. Mm. And then, like, it got me thinking about, like, yeah. the early few weeks um, of, like, Circuit Breaker. And at that point, okay, so, for our non-Singaporean listeners, um, Singapore basically, instead of um, putting a lockdown we had a circuit breaker where it was kind of a lockdown but like not as strict as a lockdown mm. yeah and also the, the term circuit breaker i guess was also to like not incite a lot of panic in the country but um when circuit breaker first happened i remember i didn't mind it at first like i was like okay like i'm enjoying this solitude like i'm just gonna stay home and like i'm just going to <laughs> you know do whatever I want to do, like, I've got, I've got internet, I've got Netflix, I'm privileged, you know? Yeah. But then, like, as the weeks went by, I realised that, like, it was taking a toll on my mental health, like, the more I couldn't, like, see and communicate with my friends or people outside of my family, like, mm-hmm. the more, like, mm. lonely and, like, depressed I got. Mm-hmm. And also, like, um, at, at one point, I was like, it made me think about, um, okay, because like I ran out of um, some of my medication, and I was like, mm. I can't go down to get a refill, you know. Mm. And I was just like, holy shit, this lockdown is terrible. And like, I guess I went down this like downward spiral where I was just like, at some point I wanted lockdown to end so badly, but then that also came with the anxiety of what is a post. Lockdown, Singapore going to be like, mm. like how much danger am I going to be in? You know, I this year is so wild, and like I know we've we've like talked multiple times about twenty twenty, but it's just it's it's so ingrained in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, ten years from now we're gonna be constantly still reminded about. 2020 and what went down and like what started off as like a simple headline on the news that there was this particular virus breaking out in China suddenly became like this globally threatening thing mm-hmm. mm. like it's so dystopian like we've said it so many times. it feels like something out of like a dystopian
2: movie. But it's not like it's actually happening. <laughs> it reminds me of like that movie. Oh my god, what's it called? Contagion. Oh. I actually, wa- I actually rewatched the movie when um the coronavirus when COVID nineteen was picking up, and then like mm-hmm. I mean it's a movie, so like the happy ending comes kind of fast, cause like you know the governments are like you know. Preemptive, and they are breathing they're being smart, and the doc- the scientists are being smart, and everything is so smooth. <laughs> you see, real mm. life that's not the case. It's so messy yeah. in different countries, and like I don't I don't know. It's twenty twenty is going to continue until like end of twenty twenty one,
0: and then yeah.
2: the negative effects is going to continue even longer.
0: Mm. Like you, you would hope it would be like movies you know, yeah. but it's really, like, reality is so much further from movies. Because, uh-huh. like, in movies, you have that level, like, you you can have, like, a certain level of a utopia where, like, governments are willing to work together, you know, to, like, battle this virus. But in reality, you, it's not like that. Like, politics still, you know, take a and forefront then- on a lot of things
2: other than politics, then we also realise, wow, there's actually so much more dumb people out there. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. gosh. Yes to
2: that.
0: People out there who think that your rights are being infringed because you're being told to wear a mask. Oh my like, god. just wear a mask, dude. Oh my god, you know, just so- I saw
2: someone saying it makes them, like, I think there was. A, I, there was an article saying that that the masks make them feel like emasculated. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just like, the hell? <laughs> how, though? Do- how? Um,
0: I've got you no know words. what? I've got no words, also. Like, human psychology is so weird. I'm, um, you know what? Yeah. Pandemics and crises bring out the real like the yeah the the worst like the true true side of humanity that is my two cents Mm. so if you're not sure about your friend circle (laughs) just hope a pandemic like
1: brings out their true personalities
0: you know (laughs) it's wild
1: yeah it's wild that was a great conversation on COVID
0: we talk about COVID a lot, but
1: it's just really, like... Interesting. It's
0: interesting, it's complex, and it's also,
2: like... Yeah.
1: If any of so, Yeah.
2: And, like, I we're know, old I, enough to, but, like, see different aspects of it, you know. Like, we can hmm. analyse it. Like, we are the age where we're, like, quite aware of, like, global stuff.
1: Well, if any of our viewers have any, like, stories about how the COVID situation is going on in their country, or... You know, City, just drop us a DM. We would love to hear. Yeah, or
0: if you just want to rant about COVID.
1: Yeah, you can I'll read it and I'll reply personally. Like (laughs) Dash plans. We can
2: wallow together.
1: Yes. So Chris, what story do you have about us today?
0: Okay. So, um today's crime story is pretty interesting. I heard about this story a while back but i honestly cannot tell where i learned about like i heard it from but i've mm-hmm. always remembered like particular details of this case cuz it was just so weird so wild so i was like you know what i'm going to find this i'm going to hunt this story down and i'm going to share it with all our lovely listeners okay it's a pretty interesting case so this is the case of Diane Downs oh are you familiar with it? I have it?
1: heard Diane, but we is such a common name. So <laughs> let's go just patient. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Alright. So I'm just gonna get started. Cause this story is pretty interesting and we can like maybe discuss like psychology a bit-ish later. Okay, okay. I don't know. I'm down, I'm up down. So on May 19, 1983, at 1049 oh, pm. Huh? <laughs> Were you hoping it's not like May 17?
1: Like May 19, 1998, because that's my birthday. Oh, yeah. May 17?
0: <laughs> why is it May 17? Oh, <laughs> <Girl>, my brain. I was like, huh? I was like, wait, I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, what? I don't know why is said May 17. I'm sorry. Anyway, it's still May 19. It's still your birthday, even though it's like years before you were born. So <laughs> on May 19, 1983, at 1049 p.m., a woman pulls up in a red Nissan sports car to the Mackenzie Willamette Hospital's ER, saying that she was carjacked on a rural rural on a rural road near Springfield, Oregon, by a man who shot her. And her children. Wow, okay. That's wild. She claimed that the man had demanded for the car and when she'd refused, had shot at her children. Out of her three children in the back seat, Cheryl, aged seven, was already dead, while her oldest while her older sister, Christy, aged eight, had suffered uh, had suffered a stroke and her younger brother Danny, aged three Was paralyzed from the waist down. The mother, 27-year-old Diane Downs, had a gunshot wound on her left forearm, which she had managed to wrap in a towel. The strange thing about this case was actually Diane's demeanor, because she was very calm for someone who had just been through something very traumatic. But, you know, at this point, you can always just, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt. You could say that, you know, she's traumatized. Maybe people react and process things differently. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some background on Diane Downs. Okay. So Diane Downs was actually born Elizabeth Diane Frederickson, and she was born in Phoenix, Arizona on August 7, 1955. In her youth, she claimed that her father had actually sexually abused her when she was 12. Diane eventually graduated from Moon Valley High School, where she met her future husband, Steve Downs. After high school, she went to Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College in Orange, California, but was expelled after a year because she was promiscuous.
1: Promiscuous, girl!
0: I don't know what song that is, but okay. yeah. <laughs> so, um, after being expelled, she basically returned to stay with her parents. Okay. On November 13, 1973, Diane, um, she finally married Steve. Because, you know, they were ch- um, high school sweethearts, yeah, that's the term. She finally married Steve uh, after she ran away from home. They had three children. <laughs> Please don't laugh at the names, okay? They had three children. Christy N.
2: <laughs> Wait, what's the spelling?
0: Okay, okay. Christy is this why you N- remember the story? N- no, it wasn't why I remember the story. <laughs> okay, Christy is C H R I S T I E space A N N. So it's different from my name, oh. Christy N. Okay, so she has three children. Christy N. Cheryl Lynn and Stephen Daniel, which is Danny. The thing <laughs> the thing with the children, right? So, with the first child, Christy. Like, Diane didn't even discuss having children with Steve. Like, she just went ahead and got pregnant. And then, a year later, she did the same with Cheryl. And Steve basically described Diane as enjoying the pregnancy but she didn't really want to raise the children okay and Um. basically steve was like okay no i don't want any more children so he went and he got a vasectomy Mm. but then diane got pregnant again but she terminated this pregnancy then in 1978 they moved to mesa arizona where diane had multiple affairs which um Danny, their, the third child, was actually a product of. And Steve basically accepted the son and accepted Danny and raised him like his own son. But because, yeah, their marriage was actually like wrought with so many problems. So basically in 1980, they finally filed for divorce. Oh, wow. And yeah. And Diane actually tried to be a surrogate mother um, as a way of earning income. But she actually failed psychiatrist tests. And here's the thing. So, Diane would go around telling her friends that she was psychotic happily. Uh uh And she actually found this diagnosis, like, funny. Anyway, moving back to the day of the incident. So, after, like, Diane drove to the ER and basically, you know, like, got admitted and stuff, the police came in to investigate and ask her questions. And this is a quote from one of the officers, okay? It was an interesting interview. We found Diane Downs was emotionally flat. She'd been shot in the left forearm. Left forearm. Mm. So, mm-hmm. this was the story Diane actually told the officers. So, Diane told the officers that she had been visiting a friend who had a horse up in Marcola area. As she was going home, it got dark, so she decided to take a detour to do some sightseeing. At this point, the children were sleeping and as she was driving down the road, listening to Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf, a shaggy-haired man stepped out of the brush and stopped the car. So Diane got out of the car, asked the man what he wanted, to which the man said um, that he wanted the car. She said, you've got to be kidding. And then the man pushed her aside, reached for a gun and then shot at her three children. In her panic, Diane faked throwing her car keys to distract the man, then pushed him out of the way, jumped into her car and raced to the hospital. Um, and it was during this scuffle that the man shot her in the arm. So, believing that there was a killer on the loose, the police basically released that APB, hoping for the pu- public to mm-hmm. keep a lookout. And at this point, the police were like, Hmm... Miss Downs your story doesn't seem to be adding up here mm-hmm. like why would you take um another road to go sightseeing when it's already dark especially mm. when you have three children like why would you do that also what is that to sightsee in the dark right <laughs> and they also noted that her injury was very mild in comparison to her children's because her children were shot point-blank. And she only had, a, like, a, a gunshot wound on her left forearm. And on top of that, and this is where you guys can also be like, hmm, something in right here. On top of that, how did Diane have the time to wrap her arm when she'd been racing to the hospital? Hmm. Let that simmer for a moment. Okay. Plus, when she'd arrived at the hospital, instead of inquiring over her children's well-being, she was actually focused on trying to call her boyfriend, Robert Knickerbocker, who was a married man. And they were having an affair. Within a Mm. month of the incident... And her children were still in the hospital. Okay, Diane began to give interviews to the media. So this part is like the creepy part of it. Like I, I found this like really, really strange because she she would appear very eager to give to, to give these interviews, to oh, okay. give these interviews, and um, when they asked her to like reenact the the scene of the crime, right? She would like like, very readily and willingly do it. And she would even, like, laugh and giggle as she did it. So, the public started to feel like something was a bit off about her. And on top of that, like, her stories in all these interviews, they, they were changing. So, she never had, like, a consistent story. Mm-hmm. And forensic evidence also didn't match what she had told police. So, there was no blood splatter, um, nor gunpowder on the driver's side of the car. Mm. Mm. During an interview with Anne Yeager, her story basically, like, at this point, it fell apart. And public sympathies turned against her. And she, um Downs was basically very, very full of herself. And she, she actually showed no regard for her own children. She was very self-centred. All these interviews had to surround her. like She used a lot of, like, um... Eyes and me's, like mm. self pronouns. Um, Yeager would actually say the more she talked, and she talked a lot and frequently, the more she talked, the more things didn't make sense. It was as if she thought that if she kept talking enough, that you would believe her. And here's the thing so before all this went down, Diane was working as a postal carrier and she would actually leave the children under the care of her husband, Steve. Um, either she would leave them with Steve or her parents. And sometimes if she couldn't find a babysitter to look after the children, she'd just leave them and expect the oldest daughter, Christy, to take care of the children. And the neighbours were basically like... They started to notice that the children were like... They were badly dressed and they were mm-hmm. like very underfed. And they would even say like the children would come begging for food. Oh no. Mm-hmm. During all this time, um, so the time being um Diane giving all these interviews, the police were still investigating the case. So they found a point twenty-two caliber bullet casings at the crime scene, basically the car, but they couldn't find the gun that it belonged to. The only witness was Christy, but she couldn't speak because she had suffered a stroke. And Diane undeniably said that she didn't own a point point twenty two point two two how are you saying it? caliber gun. But her ex-husband, Steve, basically, like, he came out and he told the police that, yeah, she actually had one and she took it with her when she moved. And mm. um, the guy she was having um, an affair with, Robert um he also... Confirmed that she had a 0.22 calibre gun. Mm-hmm. Then, a witness came forth saying that on the night of the murder, he had passed Diane's car and he remembered it not because she was racing at the speed of light, but because she was driving very, very slowly. Oh. Mm. So now, Diane is basically like a person of interest. So the police search her home And this is where they hit gold. So, they found Diane's diaries. And in her diaries, she wrote about her obsession with Knickerbocker. And she basically wanted him to leave his wife for her. But Knickerbocker said, like, no, I'm not going to leave my wife. So she actually stalked Knickerbocker and, like, had plans to kill his wife. Like, tried to kill his wife. Oh, wow. (laughs) And, mm, but at this point, like, all this is still circumstantial because, like, they... Mm. Like, you could say that there is motive that she did this maybe to, like, you know, get together with Knickerbocker, but th- there's still no, like, solid mm. evidence, right? There is until Christy Downs. So she couldn't talk because of her she stroke. people,
1: wow. <laughs> yeah Sorry, um, I, I just wanted to interject and say I want to go and went to Google who this Nickel Nick, Winnie and I went to search and I spelled it wrongly so the search rege- results is showing me Nickelbocker. <laughs> what? And, and it's just men in pants I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> How do you spell? Uh? Nikki? Like Robert Nickelbocker? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so Robert is Robert. K N I C K E R.
1: Uh-huh. B-O-C-K-E-R. B-O-C-K-E-R.
0: <laughs> Why are you searching a rubber dicker, I want to She's see any awesome. of face. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Diane. okay. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Okay.
0: Okay, okay. Click it out <laughs> so you don't have any spoilers. Okay,
1: Urgh. okay.
0: Okay, so back to Christy Downs. So Christy Downs was the only witness. She couldn't talk because she suffered a stroke. But she could still communicate in other ways, and um, nurses would notice that every time Diane entered the ward, Christie's like vitals would like soar, like it would mm. spike. And Diane was so shitty to the point where she asked doctors to actually pull the plug on Christie, even though there was like no evidence to show that Christie was brain dead. So anyway. Christy was put through mental and physical therapy and after months, she was finally able to say that on the night of the incident, there actually was no shaggy-haired man that jumped out of the brush and that the person that had shot her and her siblings was actually her mother, Diane Downs. Mm. So on February 28th, okay, I'm telling you, okay, you think that shit is going down now, but, like, more stuff happens. I was, I was reading the story. I was like, oh my god. Okay. So, in February 28, 1984, so basically nine months after the incident, Diane Downs was arrested. During the trial, she was pregnant.
2: <sighs> what?
0: Yeah. Uh.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay, continue.
0: Here's, here's where things... I'm telling you. Things are spicy with Diane Downs game. Sensing that she was about to get arrested soon, she actually seduced some dude on her postal route You're got You're kidding. Pregnant. No. My God. What? Psychotic. Oh my God. You know why? Because she was hoping to gain sympathy for the, from the public. Because, oh God. you know, who is going We're to want to convict a pregnant woman? Yeah. And... This is what she said, okay? So, Shen... I know your jaw is on the floor now, so... It's going to stay there for a while. Uh. So, this is what Diane Down said, okay? She said... I got pregnant because I miss Christy and I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. I'm never going to see Cheryl on Earth again and I just... You can't replace children, but you can replace the effect they give you. And they give me love... They give me satisfaction, they give me stability, they give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. And that's gone. They took it from me, but the but Love. children are so easy to conceive. Oh my god,
2: that's so creepy.
0: I know. Ooh.
2: Eventually, because
0: of yeah, eventually, because of all the therapy, Christy was finally able to take the a, a Wow, my tongue. Chrissy was able to attend the trial and stand as a witness. When asked who shot her, she simply said, My mom. Mm. Prosecutors basically argued that Diane wanted to get rid of her children so she could stay with Knickerbocker because he said he didn't want to be a father to her children. Chrissy described that Diane had parked at the side of the road, shot the children, and then her left forearm. Diane was eventually convicted on all charges on June 17, 1984 and sentenced to life in prison with an additional 50 years with the possibility of parole in 25 years. Psychiatrists diagnosed her with narcissistic, histrionic and antisocial personality disorder. She eventually gave birth after a, oh, sorry she eventually gave birth <laughs> a month after her 1984 trial to a girl. And she named the baby Amy Elizabeth. Ten days before before Diane's sentencing though, the baby was taken by the state and adopted out. The couple renamed Mm. the baby to Rebecca Babcock. 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 In her younger days, Rebecca actually wrote to Diane. But she regretted it and she basically said that um, Diane was a monster. Christy and Danny um, went to live with the lead prosecutor of the case, Fred Hugie, who formally adopted them in 1986. Mm, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I was like, when I saw the happy endings for the children, I was like, oh my god, thank goodness. The pregnant, not, wow, that one really psychotic. Wait, it's not over yet. <laughs> in 1987, she actually escaped prison. How? was captured of few blocks away and given an additional five years. How did she even escape? I don't know. <laughs> she just managed to... Man, this lady is crazy. She applied for parole in 2008. Failed. Then tried again in 2010. Failed. <laughs> Both times, she was like found to have not changed at all. She was still very full of herself. Mm. She still... So, this entire time, right? Um, Dan basically has been saying that she was innocent. She's innocent the whole time. So she still declares that she's innocent. And her next shot at a parole is this year. Oh. 2020. Oh. But guess what? COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. How is she gonna get that parole? Karmic justice, bro. Karmic justice indeed. Karmic justice. So anyway, this is the wild story of Diane Downs. Interesting. Yeah, the Thank case actually know.
2: sounded familiar halfway.
0: Yeah, I remember this particularly because um I remembered a story about a woman who killed the children and then drove to a hospital asking for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's very familiar. Yeah, but I just I can't put a finger on where I heard this story first. And it's killing my brain. Because I'm very sure it was a YouTube video. And I'm very sure in this YouTube video, they showed... Like, I watched clips of her interview and stuff. But I couldn't find it. It was crazy. But anyway, yeah. Diane Dunn's story is insane. Like, literally
1: insane. I was just... I want to go and Google um. her pregnancy
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dying down to pregnancy. Still, but well, like the comment she made about how children are so easy to conceive, I was like.
1: Well, but huh? I, always,
2: I always wonder why like, people who are so undeserving are like, able to like, cause, like give birth to children so easily. Yeah, yeah.
1: right. I, I want to go read more about this woman. <laughs> yeah, you should.
0: There's a whole book written about her. Wow. Yeah. Someone wrote a real book about her. It's, her story is insane, dude. I'm just like. Also, you should look up her her interviews because it's batshit. She has this very dead, empty look in her eyes.
2: It's scary. And like
0: she and like the thing is like she she gets genuine joy from like giving these interviews and talking about the night that all these things happened.
2: Oh, uh, wait. She looks very familiar. Oh, I think I watched the ABC News series about it.
0: It's an ABC News series?
2: Yeah, ABC News series has this um 2020, like, um series where they, like, cover, like, these kind of cases. And I, I watched a bunch, so I think I watched it from here. Yeah, I probably watched it from there. Yeah, it's like a docu-series thing.
0: Oh my gosh, I, I want to watch more crime documentaries, but if anyone has any <laughs> like recommends, please let me know.
2: Yeah, Netflix has a few. Yeah. If you like unsolved like, stuff, unsolved mysteries on Netflix.
0: Oh, yeah, there's the unsolved
2: mysteries, but I like solved crime. Oh. I mean, there's a lot. There's one called The Staircase, then, and, and like all of others. Mm. The Trial of. Gabriel Fernandez that one's very yeah, sad
0: I was going to mention the, the, the Gabriel Fernandez one like um, I want documentaries like that because I, I enjoy the way they put that documentary together also um, I cried yeah. through the end the, the one is really sad that one is oh my god like I don't even think that I would be able to retell that story on this podcast because it's just so heart-wrenching Oh wow. It's just Yeah, I yeah, can
1: I can Do I can. you know
0: about the do you know about the Gabriel Fernandez case?
1: No, I don't eh, but sorry, okay, I'm not very well versed in international.
0: No, it's okay. Sorry. So if if you are if anyone basically is in an emotionally good <laughs> space, like I would highly recommend you be in a good emotional state. Um, you might want to give that documentary like a go. It's so sad and so horrific and you see how multiple systems basically like um, What is it called? Especially CPS, like Child, child Protective out. Service. Yeah, the the CPS, it was just
2: Child of
1: just, Oh my gosh,
2: Child of Gabriel Fernandez. It's on Netflix. Oh! I think it's called that, right?
1: Oh yeah, I that's in my to watch list.
0: It's it's very well done, but it's just so heart wrenching.
1: Yeah. Uh well that I will probably watch that after finals because I watched um what's that? The the five, what's that that show again with the five guys, the small boys? Um oh. what what's it called? The the Central Park 5. Yes, I watched that and I yeah. couldn't sleep for a whole night because I was
0: thinking so much. So Okay, but interestingly, right, I could watch the Gabriel Fernandez one, but I couldn't stomach the Central Park 5. Because uh. um, Netflix released a show, right? And it wasn't even like a documentary, you know, it was a show. And I was literally one episode in and I couldn't stomach it. Like, it was just mm. so horrific for me to the point where like, I emotionally could not handle watching the second episode. Mm. I think if I I'm I was on a more like emotionally like on a good day, I could probably watch it. But like wow dude, like that one was so heavy. <laughs> okay, moving on to lighter things. Okay, not lighter things, scary things.
1: <laughs> Honda's story.
0: Honda. Honda texted us earlier saying that like her story is very scary, so
1: yeah, we're excited. It's not very scary, but not really. Anything, though. anything
2: I say, anything I say, Chris will get Scares scared Chris. anyway. So it's like quite a simple job to
0: Look scare. What you say it in such a scary way. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank God our Halloween special isn't like uber frightening to me. It's interesting stories, pretty cool Halloweeny stories that you can retell. Your friends. So if you haven't listened to our Halloween episode, please go and listen to that. Mm. It's great stories you can tell your friends and like discuss because pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go
1: on so
2: now. My, sto- me. my story is about it's about Kokuri-san.
1: Oh my god. I know it's going to be scary, <laughs>
2: Homes, <laughs> <laughs> so Holmes? Okay. It's not... Oh, Alright, yeah. It is a homest, but also not a homes. But... Uh, Kokuri-san... Oh,
0: what? what?
2: What's What? So... <laughs> Kokuri-san is like the Japanese version of the Ouija board. Oh... Yeah, so like, but instead of the, in the Japanese ver- Japanese version, instead of a board, it's alphabets written on a white paper
1: and,
2: mm. you know, like, like the Ouija board, there's a yes and no option at the top, you
1: know. Mm. Yes. Yeah. No, and I then, don't know and I don't want to know how it looks like. <laughs> no. You
2: can Google it. And you know how the Ouija board is like this, like, triangle. Yes, yes. With like, the lens inside and then it moves. Yes. You put your finger and moves. Mm-hmm. In the Japanese one, you use a ten yen coin, just like a really small, like ten yen. Not really small, but yeah. A ten yen coin. Ooh. And that's like where everyone put their finger on it and then it starts moving. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a story. It is supposed to be a real life account.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh except that.
2: Yeah, this person's name is Rio. and I'll be telling the story in his perspective. Okay. It was 30 years ago when I was in middle school, and Kokuri-san was popular back then. And though I, I didn't believe in the supernatural and thought that it was fake, but I was also a bit curious and asked my classmates if they wanted to do it. So I asked four of my friends who I'll name as O, B, Y, and A.
1: Wow. <laughs> it was this close to being formed as OBGYN, just like the Objin which is the, the the one that takes care of your babies. It's OBGYN, yeah. OBGYN. <laughs> no, but then the last one was like, A. I was just like waiting for an answer. I got four of that, but okay. There's no G.
2: He got oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's OBGYN. I'm O-B-Y-A. Still thinking about babies. I'm thinking. She's of still both. thinking about the babies. <laughs> Thinking about birth. Okay, let's go. After school, getting what we needed, we went to the staircase landing at the fourth floor of our school and started playing Kokurisai.
0: No. Isn't the fourth floor, like,
2: cursed? Isn't the fourth or third floor? I wouldn't say it's cursed, but people don't really like fourth floor if you're getting a house.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, because I remember last year when I was in Korea, right, they didn't have a fourth floor and I was staying on the fourth floor. So like, they put like a (laughs) different, yeah.
2: Mm. So we waited till it's late in the afternoon when no one was left and made sure there were no teachers left as well. Mm. And we used a pen instead of a 10 yen coin. So we placed our hands together on the pen, except for A, who was just watching us play with Kokuri-san. So, and then we called out for Kokuri-san. Kokuri-san, Kokuri-san, please come. If you are here, please move to yes. After saying this a few times, the pen started to move. Oh no! We started asking each other if they're the one that moved it, but no one said yes. And usually when people play Kokuri-san at our age, they'll ask about romance question and if their crush had someone they liked. So, we were... So into playing Kokuri-san that it was starting to become dark outside. Oh no. It was nearing 9pm and there was no lights in the school and it was very quiet. Then A said, it's getting late and I need to get back. So he left without participating and the rest of us also agreed that it was getting late. So we decided to end the game. Kokurisan, san Kokuri-san, it's time to go back. The pen moved to no.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We started to panic. Because usually it should move to yes. And then we have to shred the paper to end it. So we asked again. Kokuri-san, please go back. No. Oh
0: my god, okay.
2: We asked again. Our voices louder and more panicked. Again, no. Why then shouted, "Stop it already!" And the pen started moving fast and started circling around. No, it then suddenly stopped, Bro. and then started moving towards the alphabets. We watched it as it spelled out, "I will kill."
0: Oh my fucking god!
2: Why were shocked?
0: I freaking.
2: Why were shocked? And he let go of the pen. And then said, Kokri-san, Kokri San, we're sorry. Please forgive us. The pen moved to no.
1: Oh,
2: wow, co- this Kokri-san <laughs> just does not care for them. Oh my god, okay. I continue apologizing, but it never forgave me and it didn't want to leave. Why then said, It's fake anyways. You're moving it, right? I argued saying it was it really wasn't me. Why I said pen doesn't just move by itself, I'm leaving. After a while left, O said, we can't just stop playing, right? I agreed, and we proceeded to ask Kokuri san to leave. But this time, the pen didn't move at all. We thought it was weird, so we asked again, and it still didn't move. Maybe it did leave. We concluded that it, it, it did indeed leave, and proceeded to rip the paper into the shirts and left school.
0: Oh so, no. Oh no, I have a bad feeling about this. Next did day. they just close the 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 like the link the portal link without the ghost
2: inside it? You see.
0: Oh no! I hate it. Okay. The
2: rules are quite similar to the Ouija board.
1: Yeah, and like like I how you're not
2: supposed to like remove your hand from
1: the thing. Yeah, exactly.
2: And someone did and- remember.
1: Oh <gasps> <All laughs> right! God damn it, stupid person. There's always that one person.
2: There's <laughs> always
0: that one person. My god.
2: So, next day in school, the teacher said that Y is absent as he has a fever.
1: Holy fuck. Nope. Nope. Straight up, nope. Not manifesting this.
2: I didn't think much of it, but why continue to be absent day after day for a week.
0: <gasps> a week? No, dude.
2: I asked B as he lived in the same apartment as Y, but he didn't know why he was absent either. After a month, Y was still absent. I felt that it was weird and decided to go to his house with B. When we reached his house, we pressed the doorbell. The door opened a bit and we heard a small yes. I said, we're here to see Y. The mother replied, Thanks for coming. She seemed different and not like herself. I asked, is why here? With the door slightly open, the the mother replied, he's still not able to see anyone at the moment. I'm sorry that you had to come all the way here. She seemed very tired and had no energy, so we decided to go back home. After a few days, we said that he heard from a neighbour that after the day we played Kokuri-san, Y had an unusually high fever and his parents took him to different hospitals but they couldn't find a reason behind the fever. In the end, Y didn't appear for school till graduation. Even for for reunions, he still didn't appear. Even B who stayed in the same apartment had not seen him. A few years later at a reunion, the person in charge of the re told us that Y had passed away and there <gasps> was a notice for his funeral. After that I just heard... met <laughs> After that I heard from B that even after his his high fever had gone down, Y was mm-hmm. afraid of something and refused to leave his house. Okay. And he didn't go to high school either. Oh my god. I realized then that when we were playing Kokuri-san and when Y was leaving. There was a sudden gust of wind when there had been none blowing all the time. Like, before that. And after Y left, there was also no more reply from Kokuri-san. So, (gasps) I think Kokuri-san followed Y.
0: And then they closed the damn thing without it inside! Oh my god.
2: Ever since then, I would never play with Kokuri-san again. End of story. Why you look so stressed, Chris? This is
0: why you don't play with like
2: mm, yeah. things
0: that that like what act as portals or spirits or whatever. Like just don't do it bro. Mm-hmm. Like if you want um to get an answer for like your love or something, go to like a tarot card reader or something that like this person knows what they're doing.
2: Yeah, it's quite interesting that like the like the whole cocoa something thing is very similar to the Ouija board.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: Like, even the rules are similar, you know, like, you can't remove your head and everything.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Mm. Wait, let me show you how the, like, the paper thing looks, like.
0: Right? Do I find that it's damn scary that the person eventually passed away, do you like?
2: Yeah. I think like... wait, i take that. Oh. What's the little red thing on top? It's like a. It looks like a little shrine. Yeah, It's like the entrance to a shrine. It's
1: a shrine.
2: So like when, a... when you ask them to leave, then you know it should go back there. Oh. Mm. So like, cause kokuri san, like if you see the Chinese character, it's um, it it has three characters which are. The fox, um, raccoon, and a dog, which are like, Japanese mm-hmm. like animal spirits.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. That's very, very interesting. I want to read more about
2: this Kokori-san thing. Kokori. I think Kokori-san? if you Google it, an anime will come out instead. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, because there's an anime called Kokori-san.
0: Oh my. Thanks, Honda. Was... Yeah, this is a very
1: interesting story.
0: Um. Yeah, PSA to everyone out there. Please don't mess with Ouija <laughs> and kokurei
2: Yeah. Yeah, don't call for it if you're not ready for it.
0: Yep. It's, it's a bad idea. Yes. That's what it is. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us 5 stars and comment on Apple Podcast and give us a follow on Spotify.
2: You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio and Amazon and whatever podcast platform you listen to.
1: And you can follow us on Instagram at HAUpodcast. Drop us a DM and send us stories if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongus at gmail.com. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you guys soon.
0: Bye. If you haven't listened to our Halloween episode, go give that a listen. It's pretty cool. Hmm goodbye. <laughs> okay, bye. See you. Bye bye.